host, Amanda. I'm Katie. Hi, Katie. How are you? We're back. We're back. You're speaking very softly. Is it because we haven't done this? softly? Well, in the, a little bit. Yeah. Oh, okay. It is. I think it is because we haven't done it in over a month. Because... Over a month? I feel like it's been like a couple months. Yeah, I guess since June. I guess it has been a couple months. Yeah. Yeah, because it was hot and at our old place, the air conditioner was really loud, so we couldn't record with the air conditioner on. So that wasn't happening because it was hot. Yeah. It was real hot. Yeah. And then we moved. We bought a house. And then we bought a house. And moved. So that took up some time. Yeah. So we couldn't do that because things were packed. Yep. But now we are mostly settled, I'd say. Yeah. Like 80%. Okay, well, that's overestimating, but we're getting there. Our kitchen is functional and our bathroom is functional. Bathrooms are functional. Yes, but my gaming desktop is not functional i think that's like the other like 15 like 15 percent there okay i think my gaming is a little bit more important than the kitchen than 15 percent oh well okay then let's say we're 70 percent there is that better i'll give you 20 percent thank well that's actually 30 percent well wait no because there's 10 percent of like other stuff oh i see thank you i will take the 20 percent yes (laughs) oh we're doing math Oh, we are doing that. <laughs> what, a great, of. <laughs> what a great segue you did there, Katie. Thank you. So today, I thought our first episode back, we would talk about Alan Turing. Because I wanted to talk to him, talk about him mm-hmm. um, in June before we decided <laughs> that we did a hiatus. Because they put him, they announced that he was going to be on the 50 pound note, or there was going to be, he was going to be on some currency in England. Oh, I didn't know that. And I thought that was interesting, and, but. What a nice consolation prize for him. Yeah. We'll get into that, <laughs> I think. Uh, it's, it's not good when I already know what my soapbox is going to be, so it's fine. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> So what do you know about Alan Turing? Um, gay man helped out uh, during World War II, and then for his efforts, they chemically castrated him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's the uh, and mathematician guy. Oh yeah, there's a lot of math. I'm not going to try to delve into because my brain isn't adept for it. I'm trying to say it nice and not be mean to myself. Thank you. So I, if you are a math-minded person, especially abstract computer science math-minded person, I would recommend you looking up and you know going through his work. It's very, it's it is very complex. I'm sure. I mean, there are obviously people who understand it. I am not one of those people, so I'm not going to pretend to like go into his theorems or delve deep into you know, his creation of basically, like, computer science or artificial intelligence, because I will just be saying words and have no comprehension of them. That's, so yeah. I recommend you looking that up if that's your thing, but this is a history podcast, <laughs> not, <laughs> not a math, math podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because it would just be really obvious. I mean, it will probably be obvious I don't know enough about it to speak to it as I'm just 
going over it very lightly. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, she's going to be like, wow, this person does not know anything about math. And you would be correct when it comes to this math. <laughs> <laughs> I know some things about math, just not very deep cryptology slash computer science slash artificial intelligence slash a bunch of math problems he solved being really smart. Yes. So, all right. That's fine. I just wanted to establish that. (laughs) Because some people, you you can't separate his work from him, obviously, but I am not the person to speak to it in great detail. Yeah. Turing was born on June 23rd, 1912. He was... Wow, really? Wait. 1912. My grandmother is older than Alan, was older than Alan Turing. Yes. I guess that makes sense. I just always feel like he was older than he was, even though, I don't know. I guess 1912 is an old, is a long time ago. Over a hundred years ago. Oh, God. (laughs) You weren't alive in 1912. Why are you having that reaction? Because my grandmother was. (laughs) I think. No, my grand, no, because I think my grandfather was. Born 1921, so. Yeah. Not that much. Nine years. Yeah. It's very close to 1900, which is then close to the 1800s. Yes. It's Katie rounding down, rounding backwards. It's Katie math. Yeah. So they describe him as an English mathematician, computer scientist, logician, cryptanalysis, philosopher, and theoretical biologist. A lot of things. Yes. He basically was critical in developing theoretical computer science and, you know, basically created the model of a general purpose computer. You know, he was not recognized for his work at the time because he was a gay man. But we'll get into that a little bit more. He was born in London, and but his father was worked for the Indian Civil Service, which I'm at, at this point you you have colonialism and Great Britain being in India and all that fun stuff, not fun stuff. Yes, and so he spent a lot of time back and forth between India and. England. He had an older brother, so a lot of times also he and his brother would spend time with a retired army couple because their parents would be in India, like back and forth and a lot of stuff too. Just like a rando couple? I'm sure they knew him. Oh. I don't, they didn't like specify like their... Retired army couple? That's how they like described both? it. Like both? Where like the wife was... I'm assuming that the husband was in the army... And then the wife was just a wife. Yeah. Oh. There's an older like couple that took care of the children. Gotcha. Basically, his uh, Turing's inclination towards math and science was very prominent even at a young age. He, you know, showed genius, and you know, people were very like very like much attuned to that. Even um, he, but he was very like hyper focused to it to the point where like. There's like teachers in public school being like, if he's going to be in school, he needs to like learn about everything. Mm. And 
you know, he, he just wasn't really necessarily interested in anything besides, like, science and math, which, you know. Yeah, his headmaster wrote to his parents, I hope he will not fall between two stools. If he is to stay at public school, he must aim at becoming educated. If he is to be solely a scientific specialist, he's wasting his time at a public school. He saw, was solving advanced problems in 1927, so was, he was 15, <laughs> without even studying calculus yet. Um, at age 16, he, that's when he first encountered Albert Einstein's work. He was able to understand it and was also able to figure out Einstein's questioning of Newton's laws of motion, which was never necessarily made explicit like in the text. Hmm. So, you know, super smart dude, <laughs> even at sixteen. I'm just gonna. So there's a, this is a point where <laughs> I think history writing is always interesting because it says he, Turing performed a quote, significant friendship oh. with pupil Christopher Morcom, who has been described as Turing's, quote, first love. Now, I just want to, like, to pause a second on that sentence. Mm-hmm. I, why would you, why would you phrase it like that? I know why you phrase it that way, but if you're describing someone as someone's first love, and using significant friendship in the same sentence, you're not writing the sentence correctly? Yeah, I mean, they're just confused. That's all. <laughs> they're guy pals. <laughs> yeah, they're just bros being bros. Bros being bros. You know, super, like, close, all that stuff. But unfortunately, Morcom died in 1930 from complications of bovine tuberculosis i was gonna say tuberculosis i feel like that's what people just died of then yeah the, after contracted after drinking infected cow's milk some years before Ooh. yeah so he only was 19 when he died oh my god so that was kind of very like early and, and tragic but touring spent uh and kept a close relationship with morcom's mother and, you know, kind of sent letters to her and just kind of, like, just kept in touch, like, the whole time, which I thought was really, it's, like, really sweet. But that kind of also fueled his kind of just, like, complete and, like, utter focus into his work. And also, they say his basically conclusion of like how he like was became like atheist was that you know hmm. the love of his life died at 19 and and you know I, that you know makes sense <laughs> yeah in a letter to morcom's mother touring said personally i believe that spirit is really eternally connected with matter but certainly not by the same kind of body. As regards the actual connection between spirit and body, I consider that the body can hold on to a spirit whilst the body is alive and awake. The two are firmly connected. When the body is asleep, I cannot guess what happens, but when the body dies, the mechanism of the body holding the spirit is gone, and the spirit finds a new body sooner or later, perhaps immediately. So is he talking about reincarnation or something i think it's the whole i think more so of like dispersal of energy like oh. there's no you, like energy can't be destroyed so it has to exist somewhere else in some other way mm-hmm. after 
body dies. Gotcha. I don't, I don't think he figured out the, <laughs> what happens. I, just think, I think he was just surmising. Yeah. He studied as an undergraduate at King's College from 1931 to 1934. And at the age of 22, he was elected a fellow on the strength of his dissertation, which he proved the central limit theorem, which I don't know what it is, so please do not ask me what that is. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently the theorem already had been proven by, in 1922, but no one on that committee realized it. Oh, so... Well, I don't know if he knew either. Oh. So he probably, like, reproven it. Like, oh. Separately, because this is, like, before... Well, yeah, it's not like he just, like, Googled it. Yeah. No. So he, he kind of reproved it, but, you know, it's still pretty impressive. In 1936, Turing published his paper on computable numbers with an application to the Enchindung's problem. I mispronounced that really bad. Oh. I don't know how to say it. Cool. And basically, it reformulated results on the limits of proof and like computation and basically became the basis of what they were considering the Turing machines were mm-hmm. the basic building blocks of all-purpose computers. Hmm. So in that problem that he solved and like computer solving problems, he was able to formulate that machines could perform you know, very basic functions. Yes. More so than they had previously thought. Hmm. He also studied at Princeton University. He studied cryptology and also built three of the four stages of an electromechanical binary multiplier. Oh, good for him. You know what that means? I don't know. Sounds like some thing. Okay. (laughs) Well, you have more basis in computer science than I do, so I'm... Got nothing. All right. He got his PhD in 1938 uh, from the the Department of Mathematics at Princeton. And his dissertation was on the concept of ordinal logic and the notion of relative computing. It kind of allowed, like, the study of things that couldn't be solved by his basic the Turing machine before, so it was kind of just expanding on that. Mm-hmm. That's my understanding of that. During World War II, he worked for the Government Code and Cipher School, and basically that was Britain's code-breaking center that, you know, provided intelligence. He was able to, you know, you know the German naval like cryptology was like very hard to decipher. And that he was very much a, a part of deciphering those. And he was able to decipher German codes, but he was also able to... They were able to create more complicated ciphers on the ally side. Mm-hmm. So he was able to break down those ciphers for allies for different um, war fronts and different battles, too. So like they were able to make things more complicated. So the Germans couldn't decipher it, but he was able to... Decode it. Um, He moved to London in the mid-40s and began working for the National Physics Laboratory. He, during this time, he designed work for automatic computing engine, which created the groundbreaking blueprint for store program computers. 
this computer wasn't actually built. The mm. specific computer wasn't built, but the model was used for different um, computers that were created. And then eventually the first personal computer. So his his work basically was like the grandfather of mm-hmm. personal computers that we know. That's cool. In 1941, Turing proposed marriage to colleague Joan Clark, who worked with him in deciphering the German naval um, codes, that... Their engagement was short-lived. Oh, really? Because he admitted that he was gay to her, and she was like, it, it says that she was unfazed by it. So she was probably like, all right. Wow. <laughs> but <laughs> he was like, I, I can't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. And she's like, all right. <laughs> so that's why the engagement was short-lived. That makes sense. He spent a lot of time developing different technologies and for a lot of different like computing type things i again i'm not i'm not gonna go into it because it's it's very difficult for me to understand but basically alan turing was responsible for solving a lot of math problems deciphering german code making ally code stronger and laid the like heavy foundation for many types of computing and artificial intelligence that we know today did you uh, come across anything about like the turing test yes he proposed the turing test he proposed an experiment to try to define a standard machine to be called intelligent so it was basically that if the computer could be said to think if a human interrogator cannot tell it apart through conversation from a human being. So he suggested that rather building a program to simulate an adult mind, it would be better to produce one that would simulate a child's mind and then subject it to a course of education. Mm-hmm. Basically, a reverse form of this is used on the internet now. Do you know what? The CAPTCHA test? Oh. Where you have to prove that you're not a robot? Yeah. It's basically the Turing test backwards. Backwards, yeah, that's true. Yeah. He, in 1948, he worked um, to begin writing a chess program for a computer that did not <laughs> exist. So he was, Wait, so he was writing... He was writing, he was writing programming for a computer that didn't exist yet. <laughs> yeah. He tried to implement it on the Ferranti Mark One, but it it didn't lack enough power. The computer wasn't able to execute the program. It's too powerful. Yeah, so he wrote too good of a program for what existed, like com- computing wise, in 1948. Or to look at it another way, his code just wasn't opti- optimized, so the computer couldn't handle it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> I think I'm going to say it by way. Okay. Uh, another thing was he was 39 years old. In 1951, he started uh, researching mathematical biology, basically studying the, the development of patterns and shapes in biological organisms. And this was also before DNA was... Mapped? Mapped. Yes, yeah. that's the word. I'm like, I think we knew about DNA, but it just wasn't mapped. 
so it, it, and it was one of those things where like there's all these natural especially like um geometric patterns that exist in plants in different parts of nature so he's kind of really getting into that it's still very much like his work is still very much like seen again as like a critical part of mathematical biology even though yeah so like if he had had seen dna map essentially it probably would have just like been able to make so much other more groundbreaking discoveries <laughs> because he was obviously way ahead of technology yes. in his mind in 1952, Turing started a relationship with Arnold Murray uh, just before Christmas, walking outside, or they were they were outside, and Turing's house was burgled. Oh. So Murray told Turing that he and the burglar were acquainted. The burglar knew Murray, so Turing reported the crime to the police. And during the investigation, they say he acknowledged the sexual relationship with Murray. I don't... I feel like that at that point would have been coerced. I don't think you just like mm-hmm. are like, oh yeah, it's illegal to be gay here. But by the way, yeah, he's a really smart dude. I don't think yeah, he's just like giving up that information for fun. He was charged. They were both charged with quote gross indecency, the Criminal Law Amendment Act of nineteen eighty five. 1985? Of 1885. Wow. Turing was later convinced by the advice of his brother to just plead guilty. He was given a choice between imprisonment or probation. His probation also would be to undergo hormonal, physical changes, chemical castration Mm -hmm. that would basically destroy his libido. He accepted that and he got injections of what is called what was then called as stobostrol it's basically synthetic estrogen and this feminization of his body was continued for the course of a year so this conviction basically he led to removal of security clearance and barred him from continuing his cryptographic work and he did was able to keep his academic job. Oh, that's nice. He was denied entry into the United States after his conviction in 1952, but was free to visit other European countries. Um, he was never accused of espionage, but was prevented by the Official Secrets Act from preventing, like, talking about his work. Oh. To who? To anyone. Oh. In June 1954... Turing's housekeeper found him dead at the age of 41, where he had died the previous day. And they said cyanide poisoning was established as the cause of death. Now, most people, and there was a half-eaten apple Mm. on his bedside table, so people assumed that it was suicide. However, the apple was never tested. They never tested the apple for poison. And he had been working on uh, different experiments and people it, it's people have also guessed that he 
accidentally, because he was using cyanide in different... So he might have accidentally inhaled it or it was on his fingers. Mm. And then he ate the apple and then, like, accidentally poisoned himself with yeah. it. Because he also had, like, fascination with Snow White and the poison apple. So people also... But at the same time, there's a lot of, like... They never tested the apple. They never really, like, investigated They're like, oh, hard. dude. Yeah, because... That's obviously what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you can conc- conclusively... People... There was no... There was no record of any, you know, mental anguish before. Obviously, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. But again, the apple wasn't tested. Yeah. And the fact that he was working with cyanide before could go either way. But at the same time, it's not, it's not as... Like conclusive as he poisoned himself. Yeah, it's weird. So and also, there's a bunch of like conspiracies I was reading about how they were afraid of the English government was afraid of uh, Russians turning the Soviets turning um, gay men into spies mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. So that it was a government conspiracy. Obviously, there's no, there's no conclusive evidence for that. So I'm not gonna. But apparently, that was also a thing too, because mm-hmm. they they were obviously easy to turn because they've been disenfranchised by their government. Yes. But for a long time, he kind of got slept under the rug. No one really paid attention to his work and all the amazing shit that he did because he was gay. But um, in 2009, following an internet campaign, Prime Minister Gordon Brown made a public apology on behalf of the British government for the, quote, appalling way he was treated. And Elizabeth II granted Turing a pardon in 2013. And the Alan Turing Law is now an informal term for a 2017 law that the UK retroactively pardoned men uncautioned or convicted under historical legislation that outlawed homosexual acts. Mm-hmm. Apparently it's a royal pardon, especially 60 years later, is super rare. So that's interesting unto itself. Um, yeah, and in July... Of 2019, the Bank of England announced that he would be depicted on the UK's new 50-pound note. That's Alan Turing. Good for him. I'm sure he's real happy with that. Yeah, and it's definitely... I'm not going to go as deep of a soapbox as I was previously thinking I was going to, but it definitely does reek of... Well, he was one of the good ones, so oops, we're sorry. Yeah. It's like, and also it was 60 years later and like you had to have an internet campaign. It's not like no one like. They didn't just do it themselves. It wasn't like, a, oh, we, I know most change doesn't happen from the inside. <laughs> None change happens from the inside. But it was, it's just one of those instances where. Yeah, it's like, well, he, 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 yeah, he was a good one, so we, we mess up our bad, but. Yeah, well, at least they 
sort of admitted fault. Sort of, yeah. Well, then you have... I didn't see the movie, but the movie came out a couple years ago. A couple years ago. It was probably like a decade ago at this point. No. Okay. It was probably 2012. Well, that's not a decade. <laughs> oh, eh. My rounding. Um, hold on. Because it had Bandersnatch in it. Yes. 2014. Ah. <laughs> that was five years ago. <laughs> the Imitation Game. Mm-hmm. Where I had not, again, I had not seen it. But did they gloss over everything? They, I think they did kind of gloss over because they like really focused on his relationship with Jane, who he did work a lot with with the cryptology, and I think the movie focused a lot on that part of his work, which mm-hmm. is fair because there was a lot of that, and I don't think the average movie goer would like understand the foundations of computer science, right? Um, solving German codes, yeah, a little bit more. But apparently that it was very glossed over. Again, I can't speak to it personally, but that was one of the criticisms of it. And of course the whole having a gay man played by a straight dude well, continuously. I mean, that's part for the course. Yeah. You know, the usual things. Mm-hmm. So now, yeah, the world recognizes him more way more so than even ten years ago. I'm didn't hear of him until the internet campaign to kind of clear his name. I mean, I did just because I went to school for computer science, but it's not like any, it's not like any of the, uh, his personal life was never brought up, so. Well, no, I mean, to be fair, though, was anyone's personal life in computer, your computer science <laughs> classes brought up? Not to be, <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, no, that, but, you know, we, we had, you know, I had a U.S. after World War II class, which it was after World War II, but definitely, like, started with, you know, World War II, and he was never mentioned. And even in classes before that, you have someone who's as in- integral in defeating the Nazis, <laughs> you know, especially with, like, their naval um, fleet. Yeah. And it was, no. Not, not him. We're not going to talk about him. We'll talk about Winston Churchill, <laughs> who did not solve any math problems to defeat the Nazis. Yes. But, yeah, the usual. But thanks to the internet, which he, in turn, created the foundations of creating, essentially. Without computers, we wouldn't have the internet. Mm-hmm. So, he helped himself get known in a weird circle of life yes that's alan turing cool i hope you learned something yeah i mean i had a very base knowledge of him so that's i didn't realize he did as much as he did yeah i didn't either i knew about the cryptology stuff and this little bit about the computers but the whole mathematical biology Thing is something I kind of want to delve into more because I feel like that's also the part of it I have the best chance of understanding. <laughs> and it's also the most interesting to me. Fair. So well, that's, I think, our show. Mm-hmm. If you have any comments or questions, you can email us at queersdidthat at gmail.com or tweet us at queersdidthat or you can check out our fabulous website queersdidthat.com and until next time, make 
gay history and make history gay. Bye. Bye. That would be great if people could actually see that face. <laughs> each other. It's true.